Hey, 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 Marcus, do you like movies? Yes. That's very serious. Uh, the, uh, it's been a very serious few days. So, that's that's yeah. true. Uh, I'm Scott Thurow. Uh, you're Marcus Penn. This yes. is Zebras in America. Yes. Um, yeah. So do you want to do you want to talk on that? We lost two. Yeah, very, we had a, um, very important people. We had another double whammy. Yeah. Um, before you know, it was Romero and Landau a few weeks ago, and then the other day, you know, we lost uh, Jean Marot, uh passed away first, and then very shortly after, the great Sam Shepard yeah. passed away. Two people. They contributed so much, and Sam Shepard contributed a lot outside of just film. Uh, he's just as much a playwright as he is a film, uh, as he is an actor. Yeah. And he's also a songwriter, too. He collaborated, he wrote uh, some stuff with Bob Dylan, that I know of. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, he's, his, his career spanned decades, and he went, you know, from Malick to... Yeah, a recent show that I'm still hooked on, although his character passed away. We're on season three, so sorry, spoiler alert. Um, Bloodline, um, he was great. Yeah, on I mean, that. Bloodline's over. The show's yeah, over. Fair enough. So, yeah, Bloodline, but I feel like now, Bloodline, oh, see, now I feel like if people are gonna start watching it, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, but like, I don't think that's that important. That's true. That information. That's true. The thing about Bloodline, which you know I'm a fan of, because I think I've pre-styled about Bloodline like three episodes mm-hmm, ago. Mm-hmm. Like, you know a lot of the information going in. It's the nuance that really makes it good. And, like, yeah, if, if, if Sam Shepard was known only for, you know, uh, Days of Heaven in Paris, Texas, that would be enough. Yeah. But it, it, he wasn't, you know. So we lost two people that were just also, like, very impactful to interesting cinema, not just, like, yeah, main, let, mainstream cinema. Oh, yeah, very much so. Um, Let's, you're, I also, you better go back a little. Oh, I also... um. What was I going to say? You know what, Sam Shepard, too, what I, what I really loved about him, to some degree, he was also, and I mean this in a uh, completely positive way, he was also, in addition to all the things, he was an artifact sure. in that directors, he's synonymous with, with Malik. Malik, well, at this point, I'm not going to say he doesn't have a lot of movies, because Terrence Malik has a decent amount of movies now. Sure. But when he they, only but, had two. Yes. And and that's and that's always gonna last. There was always that period where he only did two movies for a long period of time, and Sam Shepard was a part of that. And I think that when it comes to Malick being very influential, it's that period that has influenced so much from David Gordon Green to who I'm getting to Jeff Nichols, um, and Jeff Nichols, you know, used Sam Shepard a couple of times. Sure. You know, in in his last two, uh, Mud and um, Midnight Special. So I, I kind of like that other directors. Speaking of which, and that transitions to the other uh, actor, actress we lost, Jean Marot. She was yeah. also um, an artifact outside of being a great actress herself because uh, Rainer Werner Fassbender, who was a fan of uh, lots of European cinema that came before him. He was great as Magneto. Yeah. <laughs> You're up, man. There's a lot of Twitter people who get them confused. Um, she oh, yeah, was that was, in... that was a, that was a, a known ignorant comment oh of course of course she she would Renner uh Renner Fassbender would use like Godard's actors or sure. he would use like you know Bergman's actors in 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 oh I'm sorry I'm confusing Lars von Trier with no but he used Jean Moreau in his last film uh this film called Quirrell which is very like it's kind of I hope some Fassbender fans who love him don't kill me for this uh shout out to Chris and John Cribs but his last movie is kind of like his eyes wide shut 
in the sense that it was kind of odd at you know to to some people and it's like a weird movie to end your film career on not that he had a choice he passed away yeah and it's almost great it's yeah some people it's well it's almost great to some some people think it's great and others are like wait what what is this how many people do you think like are like oh eyes wide shut is kubrick's best movie i've never heard that before I'm sure they I'm sure they exist because there's people who yeah there's there's fake Barry Lindeners we've talked about the yeah the fake, and I'm sure there's fake guys white shit because there, yeah, there's cause a I don't believe it. It. I don't believe yeah I don't I be, I believe this one guy I told you one time I knew this this guy who's this nerdy black dude from Philly who oh, yeah. truly who who like would just marvel at how good Barry Lyndon was and I believed him and he was he was the only one um you wouldn't believe this. I went to the movies yesterday. Awesome. And, and I, you know what I saw? No. I saw a documentary. Oh, great. I That's saw awesome. Harold Morris's new documentary. The really? B-Sides. Oh, you know, this is one of those, uh, I know I bring up Toronto a lot, but it's just become a part of my film DNA. That's a movie that me and my, fr- you know, Funderburg and Crib saw last year. And it's one of those things where it's now been almost a year. Sure. September to August or late July. So I forgot that I saw it. But now I, I, I remember well, it quite well. The thing about artful or independent cinema, because I feel weird calling um, Errol Morris independent, but like non-mainstream, yeah. non-studio based, yeah. is that finding the cinemas to show it is not easy. Mm-hmm. So, and... I believe I saw it on 35mm, which doesn't really matter, but mm-hmm. people, you yeah. know, because there's like projectionist oh, no, issue right now. Oh, I know, I know. And they don't, they get paid shit, it sucks. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I was looking, I was looking at the Film Society of Lincoln Center timetables because I really wanted to see the new Dustin, Dustin Guy Fame movie, Person to Person, because mm-hmm. he's, he's a friend acquaintance of mine and it, it just looks really good, so I really wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. But then I saw that this movie was 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 out, and it was about a photographer. Yep. And my fiance is a photographer, so I was like, "Hey, you want to go on a date?" Uh, you know, we went to see it. Don't forget, she's Massachusetts based. Specifically, she's from Cambridge. So shout oh, out to yeah, my I was, I decide I was going to decide to not give you that. Walking in, no, no, I'm going to take it. You can't not. Yeah, give I mean, Massachusetts you, you, love. I mean, you can't. She has Massachusetts written all over her face from her accent. From the first, the first <laughs> second, she says. The thing about at is that when you're taking pictures, you got to be smart about it. <clears throat> and this, I'm this, you know, I'm just this little Jewish girl, and what do yeah. I know about taking art pictures? Yeah. Because yeah. also the funny thing is, is, um, uh, when people do bad Brooklyn accents, mm-hmm. they tend to do Boston accents. Oh, that's so, funny you so say that because we you see Henry and June mm-hmm. about Henry and June Miller. Mm-hmm. Um, the accents are. Are Boston though they're supposed to be Brooklyn. It's like um, Donnie Wahlberg on the show Blue Bloods. He's, he's yeah. from Boston, well, but yeah. he plays this like Brooklyn-based cop, and he just you know sounds like a dude from Eastern Mass. Yeah, he's like, do you want to go to Gowanus Yads? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like what? Yeah, like you can you can you can kind of pass it almost like there's definitely some Irish Brooklynites that that there is like a, a touch Bay Ridgers. Uh, even ben, I was thinking more Bensonhurst. I don't know yeah. why I said B. Hansonhurst. Yeah, but uh, no, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of commonalities between Bensonhurst and Boston. <laughs> but maybe we'll say that for another podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, well, there's there's a lot of 
a lot of Asians moving into Bensonhurst. Yeah. So it's becoming a little less violent and racist. Sure. But not that much. But yeah, I really liked it. She makes, I'm glad you saw you that. Know, yeah. She makes, she, if you haven't seen it, it's this, this, I mean, most people haven't. She takes photos on gigantic Polaroid cameras. Yeah. And, and because I don't want to, because it's Polaroid, she, she like each picture is the negative. There aren't like a bunch of copies. Yeah. So I just thought you'd get a kick that I went to see Errol Moore's film in the theaters. And similar to, she was also someone who, and I mean this in a good way, not in like an opportunistic way. She just happened to be at the right place with the right people at the right time. Not like, oh, I want to scheme and get a picture, but she just, Allen Ginsberg, she just happened to be in the scene with a lot of people. Yeah. In a non-opportunistic kind of leechy way, and from for the most part, a lot of the famous people who she was surrounded by wanted their picture taken by her. It wasn't the other way around. If we're trying to scheme and get famous, you know. Yeah, she people. tells this nice so. story about Bob Dylan insisting yes, that Bob she Dylan. bring her camera. Yeah, and that like, yeah, she took all these pictures of Allen Ginsberg, and it also just reminded me how much I, I loved the poetry of Allen Ginsberg. Mm-hmm. Speaking of poetry. You recommended me a movie last week. Yeah. Called uh, The New Rose Hotel. Mm-hmm. Uh, deep Cut, Abel Ferreira. Yes. Did you know that... So it was based off of William Gibson's short piece, short not short story. Did you know that Catherine Bigelow was in talks to make that movie for four years? No. Yeah, apparently. I, I did some... It's really hard to find information about no. this movie. But... So Catherine Bigelow was working with William Gibson to make this movie uh, before she was before she made Strange Days. Before, okay, so this she, is she early dropped, She dropped the project to make Strange Days. Okay. And yeah, there's an issue of Interview Magazine in like 1990 wow. when she had just come out with her first movie. And Strange Days that should also be that would also be considered uh, cyberpunk, yeah, right? Yeah, it's even. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah, def- yeah. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, probably more cyberpunk on the face than New Rose Hotel. The mm-hmm. New Rose Hotel is incredibly cyberpunk. Yeah. Though there's like very little this movie is like universally panned. There's yeah. there, you, you can't like if you if you go on any of the websites And you're talking about New Rose Hotel. Correct. Okay. See there was a not time. Strange Days. Strange yeah, yeah, Days yeah. has has developed a cult yes. following. Like a lot time. of like a lot of not like half of Captain Bigelow's films over the years from Near Dark to Point Break, uh to The Loveless it finds its little niche uh, audiences, but she directed Point Break. Captain Bigelow, yeah, that's that's a great movie. Yeah, she's a she's an interesting director. Yes, she is. She's got a new movie coming out that I'm Detroit. Yes, that I'm excited to see, but also a little yeah worried. Uh huh. But what keeps me going about that is, and I'm about to call out a filmmaker that I love very much. But between Only Lovers Left Alive, sure, Detropia. Uh, Brick Towers, and there's another movie that I'm Brick forgetting. Mansions? Brick Mansion, sorry, with, with Paul Walker. Yeah, and, um, and Lost River, directed by Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I have problems with that movie. There's a, I'm about to get into one of them. There's this, with these four recent movies, we kind of have you believe there's no brown people whatsoever in Detroit. So. Well, Brick Mansions has the RZA. Right, you know, it's true, but no, then... Lost River is... Got Lost River, well, specifically, Lost River and Only Love is Left Alive. Yeah. And my thing is, this movie may not... Detroit, I'm talking about, may or may not be good, but at least she's not only just acknowledging, hey, there's fucking black people in Detroit, 
this is a this is a story that gets kind of brushed over, yeah. and a lot of people don't know about it. Like when I'm telling, like there's a lot of people who not a lot, but some people I've talked about. I can't wait to see it, and they're just like, oh, it's about a riot or something. I'm like, not even exactly. It's about an incident that went down during the riot, and then they're just like, oh, I didn't know this. So it's definitely a movie that's gonna have people googling and Wikipediaing yeah. after the fact. And that's but, good, Catherine. Yes. I mean, the thing about Catherine Bigelow is she's a very good director. Yes. Whether you like her movies or not, her command of like characters and shots are mm-hmm. good. Oh yeah. Like Zero Dark Thirty is popcorn, popcorn gold. Yeah. And now that I know that she made Point Break, like you know, probably Anthony Kiedis's best thing ever he did. Anthony, yeah, yeah, definitely. That would just be a waste of time. For those <laughs> no. you obviously can't see, I was doing his arm movements from it's, that. It's that wonderful. Uh, what I want to, what I want to jump back on is, um, so, so a friend of mine, Kenan Jessica, who's his DJ, uh, Cool Care of Chance of Wolves. He, he, him and his wife live in live in Detroit, and sometimes come back. And he's he points out to me that like all. Detroit is is trying to create this like false narrative that it's like a mostly white city but it's just not so all these advertising campaigns have like mostly white people enjoying you know sourdough pizza and that's just not what it is it's not not a white city but it's like mostly a black city yeah so uh, movies like Lost River are so so frustrating because if, if it was just a little more dynamic it would be a better movie and also, like, a lot of times when actors make movies, they their first ones can be a little tough. This, oh, man. That's putting it lightly with Lost River. Yeah, I'm, I'm, oh, I'm not, like, I like Ryan Gosling, but I have trouble with that movie. And I read this great short story, something, I think it's called The River or something like that, and it's part of this new collection of uh, black science fiction, they don't, uh, writing, that's about, uh, it's about Detroit and mm-hmm. this river that literally uh, washes out hipsters that try to move in. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's just so funny because, like, like Lost River is just all about, like, yeah, just, like, bring your ukulele and uh, euthanize the city. Yeah. I uh, I also, what I liked, it, I, I wrote about Lost River on my site a couple years ago, and my thing uh, also about that movie is Ryan Gosling made that <clears throat> uh, fresh off of working with Refin on Only God Forgives, and he finished off um, Song to Song with Malik. That that song that that film that was filmed years before it came out. Yeah. So and you can see that you can see Refin and Malik, and an actor who isn't a director trying to imitate that, which is very problematic. Yeah, I'm not. I don't from a style. Sure, standpoint. I don't want to totally diss Ryan Gosling, and I do want to get I don't either. To, yeah. to New Rose Hotel. Yeah. But it is sort of like when. You're, you're like in high school and you first discover like existentialism or like your cool friends that smoke weed and all of a sudden you're really trying to be like them. Yep. And you're like... Yes, or, you, or you like, nailed it. Yeah, or like uh, what's-his-face in the squid and the whale calling Kafka Kafka-esque. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just it's just something that happens when you get way too excited. Mm-hmm. Um, but New Rose Hotel. Yeah, so... What I was going to say, though, before is... The, you know the reason I dis- I knew that existed? Because I'm a fan of Abel Ferrar, so I uh, when I was younger, I would IMDB him a lot. Yeah. And that was something that came up and I couldn't see. But for a couple of years, it was it streamed on Netflix. Yeah. From 2012 through 2013. That's how I remember, because it's another film. This is... Wow. 
we're talking about a lot of stuff that I, that I write about on, on, on my personal site, but um, that's how I was able to see and write about it. Blockbuster.com. Um, Blockbuster.com. And I was, yeah, I was really taken by it on many, many uh, levels. Yeah, it's, it's one of the most soft sci-fi movies I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It's... So it's based off of a, a William Gibson short story. William Gibson, who we talked about last week, is the father of cyberpunk. It's it's like uh, Abel Ferrara purposely took away like all the fancy jargon and just makes this story about these two guys infiltrating, you know, corporate warfare mm-hmm. as part of revenge. And um, yeah, uh, and a lot of the action happens off screen, mm-hmm. and then and it's a really good fucking movie, and it, it's essentially it's, a, an, it's an essentially an hour long movie with a half an hour epilogue. Yeah, yes, and it's like it's it's Inception before Inception, also. Totally. Yeah, and there's characters that are mentioned in the movie that are played by actors that you see for a second. Oh man, but like from John Lurie to Annabella Sciorra, who yeah. just they both show up at the beginning. Never seen or Gretchen again. Mall is Gretchen just shown Mall. through green, yes. through like Bla- footage. Yeah, and the director of uh, one of the animators or directors of Final Fantasy plays the plays the. Oh, is that who that yeah. is? I didn't know that. Oh, that's good. I'm glad I know that. No, I tr- I did I did a lot of research because I, I awesome. was obsessed. I watched the movie two times in a row. Awesome. I was obsessed with it. The music awesome. was dope. The cinematography, and um, it's got terrible reviews. Mm-hmm. This isn't like this isn't even like one of those movies where like. There's a strong, like even the people that like it are like, I like it, but it's bad or whatever, which mm-hmm. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's like one interview with Abel Ferrar about it, and he was just like dissing the shit out of sci-fi and just being a, a frustrated person because he had trouble getting the movie premiered. Sounds like Abel Ferrar being frustrated and getting the movie. He's a guy who will openly say he's he's been blackballed, um, and there could be some truth to that. But uh, he still keeps pushing. He still keeps going because the last film he made, Welcome to New York, about the Dominique Strauss-Kahn case, yeah. was very, very. It was in my top ten of 2015. So he's still he's still pushing. He has about a de- He has almost a decade's worth of material that's really deep cut. Like New Rose Hotel is deep cut. It starts, but it has these like actors. He's got like films and documentaries that are super deep cut. Like. Did, did you see Mary? You seen Mary before? No. With Forrest Whitaker, Matthew Modine. I know, Modi. I know of it. It's yeah. on. It's on my list. But oh, good, good. I've seen, I've seen like a hundred and fifty movies this year. Awesome. So, awesome. It's, it just takes a little while to go. Awesome. And um, yeah, because another movie of his that I very liked, very very liked, that mm-hmm. I liked a lot, four 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 last night in yeah. Earth with William Defoe. Yeah. Is very similar in that. It's about this personal, and the same actor, but mm-hmm. this personal experience. You're seeing most of the things are happening off screen. Yeah, it was so good, such a good movie, underseen. You know what's what's kind of frustrating about that movie is um, he mentioned that he wanted to get this movie made years before it came out, um, and I was at Anthology Film Archives to see him speak, and he had this was before yeah. but in the Q&A someone asked him what are you working on next and he's like you know oh, I get, I'm not going to do it April 4th but just like uh, Italian guy from the old school Italian guy from the Bronx um, 
he was talking about how he wanted to get this movie made, but he, he said he was feeling a little worried and discouraged because he heard that Lars von Trier has something similar coming out. And at the time, I didn't know that, so I started searching, and then I found out Lars von Trier, end, end of the world movie. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, wow. And then about a little over a year later, uh, there I was in Toronto sitting there watching Melancholia, and then I immediately thought about Abel Ferraro going, yeah. oh, he talked about this. Oh, man, this movie might get overshadowed. Yeah, so. we also had this conversation two episodes ago. Did I? Yeah, the whole Melancholia thing. Oh, well, my memory's not It's good, a good story, so. though. Yeah, you know? okay. And, I, you know, I doubt everyone listens to every single episode. We have mm. our we have our, our main guys, but... Sorry, so, regulars. Sorry, regulars. Also, um, regulars, if we made, like, a sweatshirt or a t-shirt, would you buy one? Yeah, let us know that, actually. Because, like, I think it would be cool. Yeah. I feel like t-shirts are back. People like wearing t-shirts again. Mm -hmm. When I turned 30, I was like, I'm never going to wear shirts with graphics on them anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I changed my mind. You're wearing a cool shirt now. You got Groot and uh, Rocket on a a, tie-dye. Yeah, as like a, it's the giving tree. Yeah. By by Shell Silverstein. But the tree is Groot Mm -hmm. and the child is uh, Rocket Raccoon. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's this t-shirt company, Passive Juice Motel. That makes very cool shirts that I like. Um, uh, I also read. I'm really excited that um, Boots Riley just wrapped up on his his feature length uh, film. I had I knew nothing about Serious? this. No, Boots Riley of the Coup. Boots Riley of the Coup, the 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 best political rap group possibly. My favorite. My, it's, tar- hmm. it's hard. It's hard. Most consistent Most political consistent. Rap, rap group. Most Easily. consistent. No question. In my opinion, the coup has not made a bad record, and some records are are brilliant. Yes, and they also don't claim to be about one thing, and then are not. He Boots Riley is a guy who's kept it real the whole time, and also as a DJ, it's a little you know Pam the Functress predates you know battle DJs like Pearly or Cutting Candy, where she was a West Coast finalist. Sure. And did a famous routine that you should all uh, go on YouTube. Just Pam the Functress DMC for when you have a <laughs> when you have a few extra minutes. Check that out. But um, I didn't. Yeah, please t- 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 yeah, tell so, me more. What's so, this about? So Boots Riley is not only like a political rapper who's made you know really good songs and made and isn't he's very complicated. Like his song about Jesus and the pimp. I was just gonna say that's like, actually my favorite uh, coup song. Uh, me and Jesus the Pimp in a 79 Granada. Yeah, it's the most complicated of that era about like how people treat women and stuff. And yeah. it's, it runs directly opposed to the the like um the uh goody mob like I you I have to you have to respect yourself before I can, which I still love goody mob, but mm-hmm. in revisiting some of their lyrics, I I'm like, "Oh, where this is all about like how fucked up pimps are and that's off steal this album which is really good and they were they were having they were doing like live music stuff mm-hmm. in a really interesting way but anyway he's he's as much known in the bay area as an activist yes cuz he's he's very left in fact his one of their records party music which was put out on Dan the Automator's label they had to recall because yeah, the, the cover the album cover was was them blowing up the Twin Towers, but it was coincidental. Yeah, it was it was before. It was before, and while they're very leftist, they wouldn't promote that sort of thing, and so they had to recall it. If you have a, a copy of the album with that cover, it's worth a lot of money. But he wrote a 
he wrote like a like a, a sci-fi sort of farce and released the script through McSweeney's Quarterly mm-hmm. like two years ago. Whoa. And it was fucking good. Wow. And then like a bunch of, and then um, it got made. And, and it so it's not even a documentary because I just no, associate no, no. documentary. It's, 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 a, it's a narrative feature. Uh, Danny wow. Glover's in it. Um, <laughs> that well, that actually makes sense. Another Bay Area activist. Bay, Bay Area activist. Um, Stanfield. Oh, Keith Stanfield. Yeah. He's, what? He's, the, what? Yeah. He's 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 a really interesting dude. Um, Keith Stanfield. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's dope. And yeah. So like he's it's it looks great. There's yeah. there's a star studded. I think Mark Ruffalo's in it. Like. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I think he was also in the Sundance thing where they, you know, help you with your script and stuff. Sundance Labs? Yeah, I think yeah. so. I think he knew, he knew that he was going to have trouble making the movie, so he just released the script through McSweeney's, which is a literary magazine, but it's also based out of the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. But they also have a, a, they have labs in Brooklyn and other places. That is amazing. I'm excited, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I just, I, I read that they wrapped and like I got tears of joy because... Man. Um, he's like, he's like, he's, he's a real hero. And as, as a, a lifelong rap fan and devout leftist, I'm just, I just can't wait to see what, what he does. Yeah. I've also had a love for Boots Riley too, because we're not going to get in, we're not going to name names, but he's one of the few political, socially conscious, overly political, overly social, socially conscious rappers who can rap really, really good. Yeah. Also, and and doesn't just kind of keep to himself in the sense that like he collaborates with you know Kool A D, formerly of Das Racist. Yeah. He collaborates with Run the Jewels. He had a, he did an album with you know Tom Morello from Rage Against the Machine. Like he he's also one of those, he's one of those guys who he has a message in his music, but he also loves music. Yeah, he's he's a real music nerd. Um, when I was in a rap group, Nuclear Family, uh, we opened up for the coup. Dope. At a Bowery Ballroom. It was probably the biggest venue we did ever. Very dope. And they were so, like, everyone was so nice. Nice. And also, but I, also, awesome. I was also like, look, dude, like, like I buy your albums, like, legitimately. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, uh, being in San Francisco for the first time and at um, Amoeba Records mm-hmm. and finding the, the reissue Steal This Double album. And I was like, oh, if I didn't respect this record store so much, I'd steal it, you know, because I believed it. But I, but I bought it. Nice. Um, steal this album being a nod to steal this book, which was Abby Hoffman's Yippee Manifesto, and we recently talked about the movie Steal This Movie with Vincent Dinofnoff that I didn't really like that much. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, that's good. So now that 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 so that's in the queue. Yeah. No. Let's it's, move to the top. It's super exciting. Yeah. Um, I discovered Lucretia Martel this week. Man. So you discovered an amazing, amazing woman and filmmaker and just... Just an amazing yeah. filmmaker. Yeah. She's think, great. Uh, uh, you know. But I'm curious, which movies? All of them? She doesn't have a lot, so... No, she only has three movies and she has a new one coming out this year. I remember... So a few months ago, the trailer... I want to say it was like beginning of April... <clears throat> The trailer dropped, and I watched it over and over and over and over and over again. I've only I only just watched uh, La Cineaga. That's the be- well, it's the beginning. That's a masterpiece of, of a movie. Holy shit, is um, that a good movie? And it's it's I. That's what I love about Lucretia Martel is 
I'm very about filmmakers I love. I'm very particular when someone goes, "Hey, I want to get into this filmmaker." Sometimes it's like, "I don't don't start at the beginning. Start here, no, then start go at the back beginning. with her. You can absolutely start at the beginning because her first film is a masterpiece." Easily. Yeah. Oh. I I do want to talk about her, but speaking of masterpieces, there's we have some exciting news. Yeah. Um in in September we're going to be interviewing Katie Gonzalez, the director yes. of Ikash. Yes, who uh, it's a film that uh, Scott recommended I see, and luckily that weekend uh, that he recommended it, I didn't have much going on, so I, I I watched it and immediately liked it. See, if you go back, I think it was two episodes ago when he yeah. recommended it. You know, he was saying you know like some of the acting's a little raw and everything, but that's partially what I like about it. I'll say I'll say say this much: Ikash made me. Really, really like New York for the length of that movie, um, you know, which is saying a lot. And it just reminded me of like it was a very now movie, yeah. but then it also it also though reminded me of you know New York in you know in the mid nineties, which and, I, oh, yeah. I, I I didn't grow up in New York City, I did. but with my exactly, but with my family here, we visited New York all the time. So I I kind I, I got the gist of it very much so. And you are from here, so you absolutely would know. Yeah, just I mean I remember Tompkins Square and I remember the just like even going to high school and junior high school with um LGBTQ uh people who who just uh who are going through that shit. Yeah. Because not... As we're seeing right now with all this, like, gross um, vitriolic hate against trans people is that um, you forget that not everybody is is as accepting as what you think. Yeah, are you... I'm not going to mention that person's name or the, the radio station he interviewed on, but it's funny you mentioned that because over the last couple of days... Is that what you, you have a confused face? Are we talking about the interview that was on the radio where the guy said if he found out someone he was dating was trans, uh, someone would have to die? No, I was talking about 45 oh. on Twitter uh, taking away the rights of trans people to oh, fight okay. in the, the army. But it well, just, never mind. That, that, that was a comedian. Also, yeah. Yeah. It also creates, it's essentially saying it's okay to, to, to be terrible and... And but the, the the issue is long before sure. forty five was even in office. But there was we, a, and that's there, what and that's what makes it worse. It's but like, there was a lot of stride. Yeah, there were a lot of steps. In yeah. fact, what forty five was taking back only only was introduced a year ago. Mm -hmm. Who who is just the unfunny comedian who was on uh, the other popular hip hop station that isn't Hot ninety seven and. Um, they were be they were interviewing him and they somehow in the conversation it came up like hey if you were dating and fell in love with someone and then months Star? months down the no months down the road you found out that this person was trans what, what what would you do and then this comedian was like oh someone would have to die and then like it turned into a joke but what I was getting at is I yeah, didn't except, I, I didn't except, even know who, who this person was yeah. and then I went because he was kind of being trashed 
somewhat on social media, but then when I went to his various social media accounts, it was th thousands of people applauding him and saying, good, you know, good, good, don't, don't apologize, F these, you know, whatever, whatever. And that's, that, and that's the bigger problem. It's not the individual. It's all the people who... No, it's, it's the people that are like, who yeah, validated. yeah, I would, I would, I would beat that person <laughs> Finally, up. someone's speaking up. Finally. Don't be afraid. Everything's too PC. Everyone's offended about everything. It's that kind of era we live in. So. Yeah, and I do, I under, the, there's a difference between being PC and not being a dick. Yes. Like, you know properly gendering people mm -hmm. is just being decent sure. it's not being pc it's sure. just not being a dick sure you know saying how someone has to die or whatever like you know the thing is a lot of trans people do. already do like you know, like that's not a joke that's literally yeah. there's reality. so much violence and especially yeah. going on in the city we're in right now specifically yeah. and so like the city so i just it was just a really interesting point of view and i feel like we'll talk more about it when we when we have uh, Katie Gonzalez on the show, and um, it reminded me a lot of it felt like love, which is that too another a very New York which movie. is a very New York movie that is couldn't be loved more by the zebras in America. Absolutely, team. yeah. And um, do you want to announce? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we've been in talks with uh, both Eliza Hitman and her her team, and uh, she'd love to be on the show. Um, she said, and we're going to set that up for uh, after the premiere of the movie. I know her movie comes out in, in August. August 26th. Late August. But not that I'm yeah. counting. I, I definitely am. Beach Rats. Yeah. Um, yeah, Beach Rats. It looks, you know, I broke my I broke my rule. Mm -hmm. I don't watch trailers. Mm -hmm. If I, if I, you know this. Yeah. If I know I'm going to see a movie, I don't watch it. I couldn't help myself. And I'm very excited for this movie. Here's my thing, too, about that trailer. Just trailers like that, and spe specifically... It's a very sprawling trailer in that even it's not just studio movies that do this. Indie films do this too, where it's not so much that uh, a trailer should give you the gist of something, but some trailers, both indie, mainstream, art house, whatever, literally tell the whole movie from beginning to end. And that's very problematic. Whereas, like a trailer like Beach Rats, you kind of get, oh, is it kind of like this? But because you don't know. Definitely, that makes you want to go see it, and just the the photography and the and the images and the 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 the, the, the scenes they use in in the trailer are, are great. It's a very I, I watched that trailer many many times as well. I just know that I'm going to see it, and I don't like I know what a what an overarching thing might happen in the movie, but I still it's still not giving away everything. And also, like yeah, trailers you could do. Like misinformation, like Fight Club, or you can like do a trailer like Minus Man, where you're like, "What is this movie about?" What's that? Yeah, exactly. It was a, it was a late '90s movie with uh, Owen Wilson. Oh, I know exactly what. Yeah. Yeah, and the yeah, trailer yeah. was super confusing. Yeah. And nothing <laughs> to do with the movie. Yeah, yeah. but like we said, um, Eliza Hitman, she's gonna be on the show in the future. Uh, looking like the fall, and it makes me very happy. And I think part of that would have to do with the fact that when It Felt Like Love came out uh, a couple of years ago, I championed that very much. Uh, I wasn't very active on Twitter at the time, but I still tweeted my writings of it. Uh, I shared it all over social media, and uh, I happened to know um, 
her man, who's also uh, Scott, who's a great filmmaker in his own right. He made a documentary on the Buffalo uh, Juggalo scene, and he's the co-editor of It Felt Like Love, so he played a part in that movie's yeah. greatness as well. So yeah, we have you know we have uh, some mutual friends, and I and she she's aware of she was aware prior to Zebras in America of, of my site. She she her own personal account and on the It Felt Like Love website they would uh, support my review and tweet it and and share it, and that made me very happy. So. I think that's kind of a big part of, of why she wants to be on the show, and yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I'm just so. also just really excited. It's like, uh, uh, I'm just like, she, to, she's like one of Brooklyn's treasures. I'm just so excited about her career. And she, can, she's she's her first movie was good enough that I she could be my favorite American filmmaker who's doing shit right now. If if Beach Rats is is a hit, which I think it I mean hit like creatively which I I it looks good it looks great and it also looks like a, a, a continuation of I like to do this a lot in my writing like the characters in Beach Rats look like they would ride the same bus sure. as the characters in you know it, it felt like love or they are like the characters in Beach Rats look like they would be at that party towards the end of it felt like love and it's like Absolutely. I like to imagine these kind of things like it's like a non-linear sequel where the the happenings in Beach Rats probably going on at the same time you know as it felt like love um, I I love that kind of stuff yeah it's just her so far she's interested in showcasing just this other part of Brooklyn yeah. that that isn't often seen on film um, speaking of films that seem like they could be connected but I disagree I saw Personal Shopper. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a sequel to to Cloud of Silmarillion. It's a spiritual sequel. I don't even I don't even think it's a spiritual sequel. Personal assistance. Sure. Globalization, like multi De- sure. multi net net national, uh, cool rich people. Right. And also this, I'm just gonna delve it just like I did with the felt like loving beach rats. My own thing, I like to feel like Kristen Stewart disappeared at the end of Cloud of Silmarillion. Maria. And became a personal shopper for another actress. They're just very different characters. So, no, I know. I, 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 I guess you're right, but and this is intentional. This isn't a criticism of Clouds of Sils Maria, but Kristen Stewart's character only gave us so much. There was a mysteriousness about her, you know. But I know they're not. And in 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 reality, in the real world, the two films are not the same people. But it's one of those. It's it's one of those like Nanette and Bonnie U.S. Go Home deals where sure. it's not just Kristen Stewart, but oh man, the German actor's name escapes me. But he was he's the playwright in Clouds yeah. of Sils Maria. He's in this. Um, it's shot the same. Just like I said, spiritual sequels. Yo, also like in Personal Shopper, what's up with like like trains that look like cafes, cafe yeah, know, cars? Right? Like, yo, I need to go to Europe. Yeah, you've never been on... I've been on a couple. It's a pretty awesome trip. I went trip. to Spain once mm-hmm. when I was 17. Awesome. I smoked a lot of hash. Have you ever smoked PCP? Just hashish. I thought you were about to say, have you smoked hash? But no, I haven't smoked PCP. Have you smoked hash? Yes. Yeah, I smoked a lot of hash and ran with the bulls. Did You did that? Yeah, for like 30 seconds. Like, I, I, I ran right near the arena. Did you see Morvin Caller? No. I saw okay. the movie Marvin Keller, yes. They, they run with the bulls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we talked about Marvin Keller uh, last week. No, I know. I was just saying. I thought you were going to go with that. Yeah, I just <laughs> forgot. I forgot Sorry. about that. Yeah, it's all um, good. My mind, because I, I was just thinking of 
just how strange it was because I had spent all night drinking uh, boxed wine mixed with Coca-Cola, which is called Kelly Motes. No, it's not ew. It sounds ew. It's delicious. Really? And you drink a lot of it. And the thing is, like, back then, when every person, when they told them I was American, they would would make jokes about Roy Rogers, which was really strange because, like, Roy Rogers hasn't been popular. The restaurant? The the fast food? No, the actor. Oh, oh, duh. Sorry, Dude, Roy Rogers, I don't think, has been open. Like, they, I used to love the roast yeah. beef. Yeah. Pause, just in case. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and they would just be, and then they would be like, do you like Lou Reed? Without mm-hmm. fail. Do, do you like nice. Lou Reed? And I was like, yes. I like Lou Reed. I don't know much about Roy Rogers. Um, yeah, really, I, I liked Personal Shopper maybe more than I liked Clouds of Silmaria because I just, I liked the ghost story. Yeah, I, I, I don't, but I still like Personal Shop very much. One of my, um, it was an honorable mention of last I like year. Hor- I like Horror Light. Um, it's definitely Horror Light. But at the end of the day, I found that there's like a goofiness. There's some goofiness to Personal Shopper. But overall, um, Olivia Sayes is a filmmaker whose filmmaking career is approaching three decades. Yeah. And the fact that he did something new. He's never done anything, you know full-on ghostly and supernatural before so i like when a filmmaker who's been doing this for a long time does something new does something different i i, I appreciate that very very much actually now that i think about it, i like silmaria better but kirsten stewart's performance in personal shopper was really good yeah i thought she she was amazing mm-hmm. and um i liked all the i liked all the outfits oh yeah yeah um and oh man I'm coming in low this. I'm coming in low this episode, but uh, yeah, I really liked it. Um, I like. I think I like Lucretia Martel more than I like Carlos Regadas. That's fine. You kind of so you can't see, but he has this kind of engaging face. Like, yeah, that's right. Like, not not totally antagonistic, <laughs> but to get a rise out of me, like in, in a good way, to get a conversation going, which is totally fine. Um, I don't know. So. I think that's an amazing comparison because I, they both almost have the same amount of films. First of all, they they I like both... him way less after watching Lissaniaga. <gasps> less, yeah. okay, yeah. I mean, I'll definitely give as far as who had the better like out the gate, Lucretia Martel by far. You know, see now you're making me like question stuff right now because sometimes with Carlos Regattas, I wonder if if I'm just taking my love for Post Tenebris Lux. And kind of meshing it in with Carlos Regattas, or is it that because I love all his movies, but I really love Post and Post and Lux is a very good movie. But at the same time, he doesn't have a headless. Wo- oh wait, you just saw um, La Cienaga. You said yeah, yeah. Headless Woman is. Um, I think if you like, it's on my queue. I guarantee you'll be texting me before the movie's over. I usually do. Yeah, but this is like you, you see me. But I'll I've never predicted down. it like this. I live, this, I live text you. This is gonna be like early on, like holy shit. No, I, I, I immediately was like, this, this is, this is a unique voice. I like her so much. Yeah. And um. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't like Regattas. I'm just no, 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 I know. After watching this, I'm just a little less impressed. Yeah, I like, I like that though. Like, that's my thing. There is, I don't know if it's competition or just, well, obviously, if you're talking to me and talking about comparison, you know, I'm all about comparing you things, like comparing. especially in cinema. Um, my head's now going, trying to do some apples Lucretia and Martel. oranges. Um, which you like better? Uh, I'm a diabetic, so apples. Interesting. They have less sugar? 
a little less sugar and it's also fiber and fiber right. helps you fiber break sh fiber. sugars down like oranges spike my blood sugar but I do like oranges but you know I've always disliked the apples and orange comparison because I like oranges so much more than I like apples here's my thing though it's not just any my I, it's not just any old apple because sure. if you give me like a, a Granny Smith a or a Gala no, it's like a eh. Granny Smith a Granny a good Granny Smith beats a beats an ass cheeks orange I would rather have neither. I'm a Brayburn guy. Whoa. A Honeycrisp. Well, you're a deep cut apple dude. You, wait, you've never heard of a Brayburn I know apple? Brayburns, oh, Brayburn. Oh, I know. Oh, Honeycrisp. But, but, but like, if you know it, that's not deep cut. Oh, are you insulting my apple knowledge? No, so, I'm just saying. I thought those were I go, standards. I go, I, go, I go apple picking like every pink two ladies? years. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's a funny sounding apple, but I've had a pink lady. It's an, it's an amazing tasting pink, 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 apple. Pink, pink that. lady. Uh, you know, you heard it here first. Marcus likes the pink ladies. Well, yeah, it's a fact. <laughs> one, one in particular, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they're very similar in flavor profile to Galas. Yeah. And Fujis, which are all very delicious. I'm not a Fuji. Apple fan. Do you like Fiona Apple? Yes. Oh, very much so. Yeah, she's great. She has this song from her first album called Sullen Girl. That's one of my all-time favorite songs ever. Yeah, I used to... I always wondered why this didn't work but before I knew anything about talking to women mm -hmm. I would just go to bars when I was like 19 and just talk like analyze Fiona Apple lyrics from When the Pawn and wonder why no one yeah was interested yeah and she she has she has one of the few Beatles covers that might be better than the Beatles song Across the Universe from the very Weird movie Pleasantville. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah. Let me go plug my laptop and you can keep uh keep on going. We just got Oh laptop running out of Okay. So this uh this lizard this lizard is walking walking through the forest and sees a koala smoking a blunt and he's like, Hey koala, um can I have some of this blunt? And the koala's like, Yeah man, the more the merrier and they're smoking on this blunt and they're having a really good time. And they get really high from smoking this blunt. And the, the lizard goes to the koala. He's like, dude, do you know where I can get some water? Like, I'm so high. Like, I'm really thirsty. And the koala is like, oh, well, there's this lake, like, just a little little ways away. So the, the little lizard walks down to the lake, starts drinking some water, and he sees this alligator. And the alligator's like, hey, man, how you doing? And, this, and the lizard's like, well, I'm having a good time, but I'm really stoned. I'm so, you know, and he's like, oh, man, where did you get some weed? He's like, oh, I smoked a blunt with a koala. It's like, oh, where's the koala? Do you think the koala would let me have some? Yeah, the koala's really cool. Uh, he's just up a ways. So the, the, the alligator walks up to, you know, where the koala is smoking a blunt, and he's like, hey, man, can I... Uh, how you doing? And the koala's like, how much water did you drink? Yeah, that's uh, that's my koala joke. Back just in time. Yeah. I'll listen, I'm going to listen back to that episode tomorrow so I can hear the joke. I was running around. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic okay. for it, me. It's um, legendary. Legendary. It's almost, it's almost a Norm MacDonald joke. And because Norm MacDonald is one of my favorite uh, living comics, you know, it's it's very nice. Um, where are we at in time? We're at forty six minutes. Damn, yeah. that's 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 like pretty good. What are what are you excited about in the film world? I feel like I've been talking a lot today. That's all good. So, in the film world, uh, 
This is like the third time I've mentioned Toronto. I'm not going this year. I'm very upset about that. However, the New York International Film Festival usually has like the big kind of top movies. So I'm imagine. So um, what's already been announced at the New York Film Festival? I'm excited about like Todd Haynes' new film Wonderlust. Yeah. I'll what, see anything when is, by when him. Is that? It starts in the end of September and goes through mid October. Do you think we so, get tickets as critics? Uh, our teammate and my good friend Rob Cotto seems to think so. I'm gonna try to. Uh, I'm gonna try to get in on that. I have a couple of. Uh, yeah, we we might be able to, but if not, I'm still gonna buy tickets. And I have. I luckily I'm. I don't have to wait in line. Back in the day, before I knew film people, I would do the like, <clears throat> go to the Lincoln Center at before seven in the morning and stand in line, and then get my tickets. Um, oh, it's at Lincoln Center. <clears throat> yeah, all throughout. It's the. Uh, the, the two theaters by Link, but Lincoln Center is uh actually quick funny story. Did I tell the Darren Aronofsky's mother story before? I don't know. <clears throat> I didn't. She um the last year I waited in line to get tickets. Um I wanted to get tickets for the wrestler and Che because uh, they were both playing there at the New York Film Festival. And there's this older lady, very energetic in line, just talking to people, just like you know asking. Do you like the fountain? Asking people, she was po- she would point and talk like, "What are you going to see? What are you going to see?" And then someone near from, me... The, the Aronofskys are from Manhattan Beach. Absolutely, they grew, are. Uh, grew uh, up next to Saskia and my fiancé's house. I'll tell another Brooklyn Aronofsky story after this. We were talking, and then I was talking to this guy with me in line, and I was like, oh, I hope you get tickets to The Wrestler. And I guess she just heard, this older woman heard The Wrestler, and she, and she points at me. She goes, what's that? What did you say? And I was like, uh, I'm hoping to see The Wrestler. And then she gives me this big thumbs up, and she goes, I'm the director's mother. And I was like, and then everyone kind of like, wait, really? You're Darren Elf? She was like a soccer mom. She was just like, yeah, oh, I'm his mom. And then we were just kind of like, why are you waiting in line to get tickets? Like, people were a little skeptical and whatnot. And then she was just like, oh, I'm just trying to get some tickets for friends. I mean, Darren can only get a certain amount of pe- people in, so I'm just trying to. And the limit is eight people. And you can't make this story up. <laughs> there were eight people in front of me in line. She was the eighth person. There were eight people in front of me in line. Um... So uh, I go when it's my turn up. All of this happened, I swear. When it's when they open the doors and people go to get their tickets, I get to the to the t- ticket counter and I go, "Can I get two tickets for the wrestler?" Uh, I always do that. I always assume someone will want to go with me to see a movie at the New York Film Festival. But so, they won't, because everyone hates you. Fair enough. It's not true. So this guy goes. He's like, "Oh, we we just sold out," and he go he points. He's like, "That lady <laughs> over there just bought eight tickets." And then I was just like, really? And he goes, yeah. I was like, do you know who that is? Not that he would know. I was like, that she claims to be, I said, at this, I said she claims to be Darren Aronofsky's mother. And he was just like, really? That's weird why she would buy tickets. Yeah. So weeks down, down the road when it's the premiere, they have what, rush tickets. My personality, I don't like doing that. I just like, I'm not going to get tickets, you know. But I happen to be at the, at the Lowe's, not too far from Lincoln Center. So I was Le- like, what? Legendary movie. Please. So let me just go see maybe if they do. So... Rush ticket. Nobody was there. Nobody was in line, and I just went and got two tickets. So I called three different people to see if they wanted to go. Our friend Mtume was one of them, and he couldn't make it. So I had this extra ticket. I ended up giving it to this old lady who was like practically begging for one, and she reached in her purse to give me money. I was like, no, 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 just take it. it, it it's fine. But they were doing the red carpet event, and then I see Darren Aronofsky walking down the aisle with this woman who claimed to be his mother. So yeah, it was really his mother. But for a while, I was like, is she just some crazy lady? Um, but to that whole Brooklyn thing, he, at the Q and A, he surprised Marissa Tomei by letting them know that 
he was a freshman in high, they, they went to the same school but he was younger and she didn't know that yeah it was either Morrow or Midwood or no it was Morrow and he announced that and she and that like this whole they had made this movie this whole time she didn't know and he surprised her with was like yeah when you were you were older than me I used to have a crush on you I'd see you but I never spoke to you and, we all still have a crush yeah, on her yes and she was and she was very flattered and like you know oh my god and and it was an interesting group of people Chuck Zito uh, escorted yeah. Mickey Rourke to the uh, I saw Chuck Zito I shook his hand I wanted to say props for beating up uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme even though I love Van Damme I just love that story I think he beat up Mickey Rourke too but uh really? yeah oh yeah. that makes me sad I like the two of them being friends no I, I mean they're still they're obviously this was way before the wrestler came out so they, oh okay I didn't know okay yeah they, they nothing you know in in the masculinity world mm-hmm. sometimes that makes your friendship closer that's true so, uh, KG and Tretch fought it out and they're back they've been back together and they're doing well yeah I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it but you know whatever yeah um oh I, I saw this other movie that came out this year uh, The Lovers did you see that movie? The Lovers why am I drawing a blank what what uh, the director's a Zazel or something like that what's it about? my brain it, it's is... about it's about this um older couple they're both cheating on each other. Oh no, I know. Yeah, and they're they're about. It's to, with Deborah Ringer, right? She's yeah, one of the, yeah, yeah. And they're about to mm-hmm. break up with each other, mm-hmm. but they they start like doing it to each other again. I wanted to see that, so. Uh yeah, it was it was good. Oh, I didn't fit. So the new Link Ladder, that's coming to New York Film Festival. I'm excited about that. And Claire Denis' new film, of course. What? Yeah, she got a new film coming no, out. No, I know she has a new film coming out uh-huh. I, I don't know, know if no I don't know if it's coming to New York Film Festival but it's coming out this year oh and every Claire Denis movie plays at the New York Film Festival so I just figured it's only oh sorry it's only um my chair over there is uh giving away yep oh but uh we're almost at an hour might be a good time to end. but yeah no it's with uh Julia Binoche Gerard Depardieu um yeah. and her regular I saw Alex Descar he's been making the rounds yeah. with her uh at the film festival so I'm you already know I'm excited about a new Claire Denis movie. Michael Haneke has a new movie coming out with Isabelle oh, Huppert. Wow. So yeah, it's no, it's like, going to be a great, it's great year. Like, it's like all all the European directors I like. That's, all that's the legends. My, that's my Marcus voice. Yes. I what? Like the European directors. What? <laughs> I don't know. I just, I'm going to start talking like that now just so your uh, impression can be right. No, I you know, like what I used to do when I was a teenager, whenever I was like trying to be charming to a girl. Mind you, none of it ever worked. It wasn't until I... Just stopped trying anything that anyone ever was interested. But like I'd be on the phone, so I'm like, oh, oh, and I'd pretend to talk as a girl, like, hey, it's Stephanie. How you doing? How are you? And it would always, it it would always very much upset the girls because I don't, I don't sound like that. But yes, you do. That sounds like that would make a girl laugh. (sighs) Yeah, sometimes. You know, I don't know how to make people laugh. Yes, you do. It's not your on, laughter makes me laugh sometimes. It's not on purpose. Like seeing Val Kilmer. I love Val show Kilmer. up with a chainsaw and sing a song. <laughs> it's one of yeah, the highlights of my year. It's just, it's just everything. Or great Peroni commercials before Baby Driver. <laughs> yeah, I yes, you know, in in retro, you know, letting that movie marinate. I still don't think it's as good as everyone else does. Song Baby Driver, as opposed to. The other movie, oh, Song to Song. Yeah, no, Baby Driver is... No, Song uh, to Song I like as much as I did. My favorite movie of the year so far. Easy. It's up there. I, I, you know, I 
I might ask to write a, a review for your website this year. Go ahead. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't had many guest pieces this year. Ekaj, Ekaj is probably my favorite. Um, nice. But I have a feeling it might be Beach Rats. But I haven't seen it. Yeah. I have a list. I'm very excited to see Person to Person. Um, my friend Benny Cooper Smith is in it. Mm-hmm. And he's great. You know, I, I'm almost certain Beach Rats is going to be great. And I love that feeling. Have you ever, like... This has happened to me twice. Have you ever, like, anticipated a movie so much? Like, you dreamt about it without seeing... Like, you imagined fake scenes. But then, like, when you actually see it, similar stuff happens. That happened twice. You're, ta- you're talking about the collective unconscious, my friend. Man, I was anticipating Inland Empire so much. I had a dream about it. And part of the dream was, like, a black and white sequence. Oh. And parts and Inland Empire opens up in black and white. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And then I had a dream about Claire Denise Bastards. Not one of her best films, but I was still anticipating it. It's a really good movie. And there's and I had a dream once. When one of your best when one of your worst movies is Bastards, you're doing great. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I had a dream of this woman walking down a road, like lost and like kind of confused. I'm not sure. making this up. But and these, then that's these in are the also movie, you know? tropes of indie films that you might see a lot. Sure, but I understand still, what you're saying. Still. Um, maybe not for next week because I don't have the time. Mm-hmm. But I think we should get together and long watch Twin Peaks and then talk about it. I'm down. Because uh, I'm hearing good things. I feel like a bad David Lynch fan. Why? We, we both were really unexcited about the hype yeah. and I guess now, I say that from other people's expectations that I'm watching it and then they find out I'm not still where the episodes the season's almost over I do know that 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 much yeah and then still still if it's not a DM or a Facebook message or a text or an email or a tweet not still it's not hey are you watching it so what did you think about such as I'm like whoa 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 back up because I don't even know yeah. what you're talking about I don't I, I haven't been watching no like I have I have favorite artists musicians and everything if I really care about them, I sometimes don't check out their thing immediately because I don't want to have like a false relationship with it. Because mm-hmm. sometimes when an album or a movie or a TV show comes out, you allow other people's opinions shape your thoughts. Yeah. So you get into mob mentality, you get caught up, and you might say something's worse than you might think it is or better than you might think it is. So many albums have been called classics, and you're like, "Yeah, it is." And then, and then six months later, you're you're like, "I, you know, I'm I'm not listening to it or yeah. I'm not watching yeah. it." Yeah. So, um, I'm not as big of a David Lynch fan as you are, but I am. I very much think David Lynch is one of our best, and I love some of his movies. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh, Eraserhead's playing at Lincoln Center. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've never seen it on the big screen, so I'm considering. But they got a good sound system because that movie is just about sound as it is the visuals. Yeah, Lincoln Center Film Society is a really great theater. Good. So is Walter Reed. I mean, they're just it's just it's just great. They love movies. You know, uh, full disclosure, uh, my good friend um, manages the theaters there. So, Mm -hmm. but. I want to have him on the show sometime. That'd be great. Because I'm interested in like the that side of of movies. Yeah. Because you know we talk about the movies, but we don't talk about the theaters where 
you know, yeah, it's great to watch movies on your phone, and it's great to watch movies on the on the. But it's, there's nothing like seeing a movie in a theater. Nope, nothing at all. And yeah. you know, when it's a hot day and you get solace from this cold room, and you're drinking a diet coke, and you're with your friends or by yourself. Because one thing about really learning to love yourself, and we're both only children, is uh, learning to love to see movies alone. It's one of my favorite things. It used to be my least favorite thing because oh. I wasn't. I wasn't okay with me, mm-hmm. but once I learned to love myself, I realized that I'm great company. Yeah. Growing up, my friends were very, like, they could be obnoxious, and I would be obnoxious with them in the theater, so oftentimes I would see a movie first by myself, and then go see it with them, and just pretend like I didn't see it, like it was my first time, so I can enjoy it alone, and then when, the real, then when we all go to see it, and we act stupid and talk throughout the whole movie, it's like I already saw it. And then we learn to love ourselves. Yeah. PinlandEmpire.com, ScottThorough.com, at ScottThorough, at Pinland underscore Empire. Yes. Uh, oh, if you're listening, I did a, uh, I've been working on it for a little while. I do this series called The Cinema of Such and Such Director. I just did one on Peter Greenaway. Uh, it's the first part in a three-part series. This focuses on architecture, art, and design in the films of Peter Greenaway. Um, yeah, I worked hard on it, and, and uh, he's an, he's another underappreciated uh, filmmaker, sometimes understandably so, but yeah, if you could check that out, it just went up this morning, and it's, it's, it's going to be it's, up for a it's, while. It's so. bookmarked on me, Awesome. and um, I'm going to read it because I'm a fan, and awesome. you guys all uh, remember, you gotta, you know, once you learn to love yourself, you can enjoy your own company. That's very you're, true. You're, and everyone is worthy of love. And movies are great to enjoy by yourself or with the company of the people you love. Agreed. Should I?